This is the Mountain Vision Podcast, where we share our obsession with hunting in the outdoors and talk waterfowl and big game hunting. Whether we're waterfowl hunting in the Sacramento Valley with the Sutter Buttes as our backdrop, or deer hunting in the Sierras, one thing is for certain, our vision of the mountains is a hard one to shake. Listen along as I interview outdoorsmen that have inspired me, and you might find inspiration from them as well. Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to the Mountain Vision Podcast. This is episode number nine. On this episode, I sat down and talked to Cody Will. Uh, Cody's a guy from here from California, and uh, he got a lot of his experience and knowledge and um, confidence in the field from guiding in Colorado and um, you know working real hard on on getting you know finding success for for clients and you know, basically putting in a lot of effort and hunting for other people. And, um, now that he's moved back home, he's, you know, it sounds like he's kind of excited to be able to put some of that time in to try to find some success for himself. And, and it looks like he has been, um, in both archery and rifle hunting. Um, yeah, Cody and, and his brother, both, they, they just seem like they super positive guys. They always put out, um, it's like everything they do is just positive and it seems like they give every day a hundred percent. And, uh, it's just kind of nice to follow along, but yeah, go check Cody out, um, on Instagram at Cody T will, um, yeah, stay tuned. It's a good conversation. Thanks for listening. Finally. Yeah. A little, <laughs> little, uh, technical difficulties. <laughs> yeah. There's always something when it comes to electronics. I know. I'm like, man, I don't know. It's like the worst part is like being like nervous i don't want to like waste other people's time you know so i'm like dude if this doesn't work and i like you had some other plans that you skipped out on or something i'd be pretty irritated no i had nothing to do today i got off work and i was i'm free until tomorrow right on yes sir Sweet. How's, how's everything been going for you today not bad just been working yeah. working from home so a little bit more freedom yeah kids keeping you busy today yeah yeah well, my my wife's she's a teacher, so she's she's off for the summer. So it's been it's kind of nice right now. Like she can kind of handle taking. She takes one of them to daycare, and then the other ones, the other two, stay home. So yeah, not not too bad then. Yeah, yeah, it's manageable. Yeah, but yeah, sometimes they're hectic. But yeah, today's been pretty chill. That's good. What about you? It sounds like you get up pretty damn early for work, huh? <laughs> yeah, I got to get up early. The only good thing about getting up early is I beat all the traffic. Going, I go out to Vernalis, Tracy Vernalis area. Oh, okay. So I beat all the all the idiots on the road and get there quick, so it's not too, too bad. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's not too long of a drive for you, right? Is that like 45 minutes or something? Yeah, max. It's 45 minutes. If I'm coming home and it's a busy, you know, busy like Friday or something, it can maybe be an hour, but normally it's not. Okay. Yeah, that's not too bad. No, it's not terrible. I don't mind driving either, so it's not. It could be worse. I could be going to the Bay Area every day. Yeah, I used to do that a lot. I actually don't mind. I did it for so long that like I actually like grew to like sort of enjoy the morning drive and listening to it's like your own time to like have some coffee and listen to podcasts or whatever <laughs> yeah that's what i do yeah. i drink coffee on the way there and that's like the only time i really listen to music and then once i'm at work all day in my equipment all i listen to is podcasts so yeah. that's my time to play whatever music i want and cruise out to work hell yeah so what do you do are you like a heavy equipment operator or something yeah i run heavy equipment for knife river out at our quarry 
Um, so it's pretty much just sand and gravel. And then we have an asphalt plant and all that out there too. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, it's a good gig. Gives me some freedom, especially during the winter. I can go, once it starts raining, I can pretty much go do whatever I want, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Kind of frees up your your late season anyways. Yeah. Yeah, late season. Except for last year, I pretty much worked year-round. Really? I didn't even get, yeah, I didn't even get to go to Arizona last year because we were working. So I figured I'd take advantage of it since it wasn't raining and stay home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who was I talking to? Do you do you guys? Who was I talking? I was talking to. I think it was Gordon Fowler. I did an interview with. He, he does concrete and same thing for him. He's like big into duck hunting, so like pretty much the whole duck season he gets to take off because it's raining and bad weather for concrete. So yeah, that's a nice thing. I I finally got into duck hunting last year. So uh, my old boss's dad. I used to work for the same farmer as my brother does. Okay. Um, so my brother, uh, gave me his, his boss's dad to go out duck hunting whenever I wanted. So I would just call him and tell him I was off and I'd pretty much be his bird dog. But that yeah. was the funnest, that was the funnest time ever. I went and bought a new shotgun, new waders, new everything. And I didn't think it'd be that much fun, but I love it. Yeah, dude. It's, it's fun, man. Like on good days when, when the birds are working and they're coming in nice and tight, it's like, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's different than, it's funny trying to yeah. like. Like had a few conversations now trying to compare the you know waterfowl hunting versus like big game hunting and it's totally different but it's still still tons of fun. Oh yeah, it's a blast. I'm not I'm not too good at shooting them and hitting them, but I can shoot. <laughs> I can shoot quite a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just the excitement is there. Yeah. As, long as, as long as the birds are there. Exactly. It's a fun time though because you go right from regular season and that you know extends it all the way through, and then going to Arizona deer hunting, you're pretty much hunting a big chunk of the year when you do that. Yeah. Yeah. I was talking to your brother about that. Just, just the kind of like the time of the season you guys go to do the Arizona thing. It's like December, January or something like that. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Normally we go right after Christmas. Um, and then we stay like the first week of January but I didn't end up going this year. I think what I'm going to do next, like this coming season, is uh, go out in January when it's raining and pretty much just stay the whole month. Okay. Because if I'm off anyways, I might as well be hunting. Yeah, might as well. Hell yeah. So that's a plan there. Hell yeah. Do you do, you do quite a bit of out-of-state stuff? I know you used to – didn't you used to guide in Colorado or something? Yeah, I went out to Colorado when I was 19. Um out of high school, I went to college for a little bit, and it just wasn't my thing. I hated it. Really? I like going to the yeah, I like going to the parties and doing that thing, but I do not like schoolwork. I'm like a very hands-on learner. Yeah. So if if I don't like it in the classroom, I'm probably not going to do it. Yeah. Um, so I bailed on that and went out to Colorado at 19, and pretty much didn't look back. Okay. And I d- did that from 19. I was so 2012. To 2016 I did that pretty much full time and then I did one more season but I just went out there for a couple weeks and after that I kind of wanted to do my own hunting at that point yeah yeah once you start guiding it I mean it took up all my time from the time I graduated those four or five years I hunted bear for three days out there and elk for two days and that was it in all those years okay so it was it was all just, you know, 
guiding, 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 and no time for me. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Probably a lot of probably get a lot of uh, a lot of experience though, huh? I loved it. That was probably the biggest thing in my life. Like that was the best decision I ever made. It made me grow up real quick, moving away from home at nineteen to go, you know, play with the big dogs out there in Colorado. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, man. it was a lot of fun. You talking about the timeline there, making making me feel old, man. <laughs> I know. I bet. <laughs> like, how old are you? I'm 27. Okay. Yeah. See, I'm nine years older than you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad I did it when I was young and got you know got all that experience in. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great experience. And I'd even because when I went out there, I'd go out in like April and May and stay all the way through the first part of November. Okay. So I do all, a bunch of summertime stuff, like guided fishing trips. I did a lot of pack trips, like 40, 50-mile pack trips across the uh, the flats up top in Colorado and all the way back down to the lodge for five, six days. Okay. So it was, it was a good experience, a lot of fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, you probably learn what you know what's necessary to pack in your in your pack and what's not pretty quickly, huh? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> When you're consistently carrying other people's meat out and stuff like, did you guys use like pack animals and stuff? Yeah. So what we did was the lodge, um, we had eight cabins down at the main lodge and that was for all of our guided hunters. And then we had drop camps that we took out too. And they had like two canvas wall tents and they brought their own food, all their own gear. And we pack them in on horses and drop them off. And then every day from the lodge, we would saddle up about 35, 40 horses every morning and ride out with our hunters. Oh, wow. And so we'd hunt off horseback for pretty much everything. The only thing we didn't do on horseback was during our archery season. We'd ride up, park the horses, and pretty much hunt all day, and then ride back down. Okay. Nice. Yeah. So a lot of it, yeah, we saved our legs on a lot of stuff. It was nice having horses, but we still, like, opening day, normally, you'd be getting five, six, seven elk off the mountain. You'd have to figure out where the pack horses were and negotiate with other people on getting pack horses back up to you. So it's, it's fun, but it's also a big, big headache. Yeah. Yeah. I bet a lot of logistics goes into each hunt. Yep. Sounds like it. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be a great experience though. Just to, just to learn, probably, probably learn quickly that way though. Oh yeah. Real quick. I pretty much got fed to the wolves. Yeah, I didn't think I'd even really be guiding right away, and I got thrown right into it. So it was a great experience, and I met, like, half the hunters that I took out. I still talk to them all the time on Instagram and text them and stuff. We're real close buddies still. Nice. So, yeah, you get to meet a lot of cool people doing that. Yeah, that's cool. You um, have you So since you uh, moved back here, do you, do you still try to get out for out-of-state hunts for yourself quite a bit, or...? Well, I was going to this year, um, but then I put all my eggs in one basket here in California for elk and antelope. Yep. And I didn't, I didn't draw anything, so I got the real good D three through five tag. Yeah. It's supposed to be real good, so we'll see. Uh, <laughs> I'm right there with that, you. Yeah, uh, it can be good, but um, I put in in a lot of states. I do New Mexico, Wyoming, Nevada. I just started doing this year um colorado and then i'm thinking about doing montana but next year i know i'll definitely be doing colorado third season for deer 
And then the year after that, I'll be doing Colorado uh, archery elk. Okay. So I kind of try and spread it out a little bit. And then I have a real good buddy in Wyoming. So I'm kind of trying to make my plans there. Because in Wyoming, you have to go in. If you want to go into the wilderness, you need a resident or a guide. So I'm oh, okay. kind of trying, I'm trying to plan around him on when I can draw that tag and go out there with him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm kind of all, all across the board, never know when I'm going to draw. So one of these years I'm probably going to get screwed and draw too many tags that I can't <laughs> go hunt. I was just going to say that <laughs> you hear about that all the time. Like guys are like, dude, I just drew everything. I got to try yeah. to figure out how to fit it all in now. Yeah, so I'm going to try and be smart with it and kind of leave one state, you know, and just focus on that each year. Yep. Because when we're working, it's it's go, go, go. You know, we got to fit our whole year into a certain amount of months. So there's, you can't, I can take about a week off a year, which is still pretty good. Um, and then besides that, I have to take it off when it's raining. So I can't really have like three hunts out there, you know, ready to go. Yeah. I know vacation time goes quick, man. Oh yeah, it does. I, I get two weeks and it doesn't feel like enough at all, dude. It goes by so quick. Oh, I know. Like last year I had an X zone tag. So I put all my eggs in that basket. Um, cause I, I'd been saving so many points all these years when I was out there, just stocking all my points in California and banking them. And I had so many points I didn't want to put in for archery. So I did rifle, took a week off and it, I mean, it didn't feel like it was three, four days, the amount of time I was out there. Yeah. It went by way too fast. <laughs> I know. I know, dude. It's like, and I don't really, I typically don't take more time off than I have vacation days. So just cause it costs more money, obviously, instead of getting paid, yeah. you're taking unpaid time off or whatever. So then it's like, I try to jam my hunts into weekends and I don't know. I feel like just the weekend isn't long enough period of time to like get it down yeah, it's never long enough, especially if you have an area that you want to like pack into seven, eight miles. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get up there on a Friday, hike yep. all the way in, or even if you leave on a Saturday morning, you know, get up there mid morning, hunt for a day and a half, and then be hiking back out. Yeah, yeah, it's. I know it's kind of how like it's kind of a reminder just doing all these scouting trips and stuff. It's like, you know, like like you said, like if you go Friday night and you you get to like the trailhead and you get there when it's like getting dark, you know, then you have to just camp there and wait till light and pack in like Saturday morning or something. Yeah. So then it's like, you might as well just leave Saturday morning, you know? So you get up early Saturday morning and get to the trailhead by sunrise or whatever. And then, yeah, by the time you get to where you want to be, most of the day is gone by. And yeah, then, exactly. Yeah, so then you got like later part of the day that day and the next morning and then it's time to pack back out again. Yeah, that's like my strategy this year. I have a new spot that I went into that's pretty far back up in the wilderness. And it, if I'm humping it in with a light pack, just like two nights worth of food, I could probably do it in three and a half hours, three and a half to four hours. Okay. Because it's, it's straight up one side, straight down the other, then straight back up another ridge. Okay. And, uh, so that's like, I started thinking about it and I'm like, why did I even go this far and set up all these trail camps? Cause there's no way I'm going to weekend hunt this place unless I go in on horseback. Yeah. So now I'm starting to double back like this weekend, I'm going to go up and set trail cameras in another part of the wilderness closer to the road. Yeah. So I can actually go up there on a Friday, you know, you know, hunt the evening at least and then hunt all weekend. 
Yep. Save yeah. those far places for when I actually have time off. Yeah, I need to do the same thing. You yeah. can only go so far in before it turns into a, a you know, time off of work kind of place. <laughs> yep, exactly. Hell yeah. Which a lot of people think you can't hardly do that here anymore, but there's a lot of places like that. Oh, yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah, there's some, like you said, there's some pretty, there's some deep areas. Yeah. But, but yeah, yeah, you, um, you've been get so you've been out scouting a few times already this season, right? Are you, are you just getting back out there or you guys been going out quite a bit? Yeah, or? I went out, um, what was it? Three, four weeks ago and set up six trail cameras and then I haven't been back out. No, that's actually been over a month now. I went up to that place and I set about six trail cameras and I haven't been back up in there. And I've just, the last two times I went up, it was more to relax and hang out and just walk around, check a few places, but not really full-blown scouting. Yeah. So this weekend from now on, I'm hitting it hard every single weekend. Yeah. I know. I feel like time's running out already. <laughs> it is. Even like 4th of July, normally I go up and I do a big scouting trip because I normally get Friday off. And, uh, then my buddy from Colorado, he was coming back home. So I was kind of obligated to stay, hang out with him all weekend. But normally I do a big pack trip that weekend and do a lot of scouting. So I'm behind by a week now. So I need to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cause you don't have, you, you don't, you don't have kids or anything like no. that. Yeah. Nope. No kids, no girlfriend. I'm free to roam. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's makes it a little easier, but still, yeah. You gotta, got still got work and everything else yeah luckily most of the year i mean up until about two weeks ago i was still working saturdays but now it's calmed down a lot so it's a typical union job where you show up put in your eight ten hours and you can have your weekends off so yep. i'm i'm hoping it'll stay that way through at least archery season and i can hunt every weekend and then i'll just take time off during rifle if it hasn't started raining already okay yeah yeah but even the last couple of years during rifle, we haven't got much of, you know, weather at all. So it's been a little difficult. Yeah. La was it last? Yeah. Last season where, where I was like, was the first opening weekends, like into September, right? I think yeah. It, you I think got snow that weekend, huh? Yeah. Dumped on us pretty good. I mean, it was at least like six inches a night for like yeah. oh, one it, or two nights, I think. Really? I got it. uh what was it the day after no opener because i packed in this year um i went in with my dad for the the x zone tag that i drew oh, so right. we packed we packed in the day before um x zone open and then we woke up and it didn't snow that day but the next day it did okay and i thought i thought it was going to be killer like you know sage flats it was going to be perfect i didn't see a single deer that day oh really Oh yeah, I thought it, I was like, okay, all these deer that I've been watching all summer, they're going to be out sunbathing all day, and it's go time. I'm going to fill out opening week or tag out opening weekend, you know? Yeah. Nothing. <laughs> there was nothing. It was so dead. <laughs> oh man, you ended up getting one though, didn't you? Yeah, I uh, took the last week of season off. I was actually, I'll circle back, but opening day, um, the deer that I killed, I was watching him shoot from sun up for the first like two three hours and i was 
on one side of the ridge and he was on the other and the the group of trees he was in there's really no way to you know circle around on him to get closer and then the closest trees were down in the bottom but i never want to walk up the middle of the drainage so i was just sitting on him i was going to wait him out till the evening to see where he went yeah and then somebody came walking up through the bottom and blew him out and he wasn't even really a first weekend shooter to begin with but if he got close enough i probably would have yeah so then my season went on and i was up there every weekend pushing the hills pretty hard couldn't hardly turn anything up and i was getting pretty discouraged so i took the last week off and i had hiked up some food and a bunch of uh, propane canisters and then my my kuyu tent i have a stove and everything in it so i packed that all in ahead of time and uh-huh. uh, I, I took off from work early hauled tail up there and hiked all the way into where I was going to set my camp, got set up. And, uh, I don't think I saw, I didn't see anything that evening. And then the next morning I woke up and pretty much where I was, it was just a huge steep Canyon on one side that they like to feed in. Uh-huh. And then on the other side, it was kind of more of rolling hills and there was a big Creek that ran through it. Um, and I was like on this little, little ridge top right on the edge there, right on a point. So the next morning and the big, valley um there were some deer in there but i couldn't even tell if they had points on them and then at about i don't know it was 11 12 o'clock in the morning i went off to the other side and i saw a tiny little fork and horn and that was it for the whole day okay. and then about 2 30 i went down to get water and i looked up and all i could see was the butt of a deer so i got my my spotter out and everything and started looking at it and i was like oh crap it's a buck and it, at first he looked like he was just a, a wide, heavy forky because he's so old. He just has crab claws for points. Yeah. And I was like, oh, if this is just a big forky, I'm going to take it. You know, I've never had one. And my brother has a big forked horn like that. And with not seeing much, I wasn't going to just pass something up and eat a tag since it was getting down to the end of season. Yeah. And he, he was like 900, a thousand yards out and he spooked it out of nowhere and ran to a clump of aspens so i was like oh crap i either go towards him or back out and just wait it out so i i went towards him there's one little knob in between us and i set up on that got my bipod out ranged it dialed my scope and just i waited it out for probably 45 minutes to an hour and i could there's only one spot that i could see where he could come out the rest is completely hidden i was like okay i'm just gonna go with my gut and see what happens if he comes out he comes out if not i'm you know still going to be waiting for more deer right here yeah sure enough sure enough right where he went in he popped back out and stood broadside 585 yards two shots into him dumped him nice hell yeah yeah that was a that was a good good hunt right there good learning experience on the pack out too yeah yeah, I'm actually looking at a picture of it right now. Yeah, it's a nice looking buck. Look- yeah, and then you you see that point on his main beam too. Oh that yeah, splits splits off through the middle. He's not huge, but I, I like him. No, yeah, he's just kind of unique. Like yeah, like you said, that point. Dang, that thing's crazy looking. Like right yeah, off the main. Yeah, right off the main beam. Yeah. Pretty sweet. I I've never really seen one like that. Yeah, I haven't either. Huh. But yeah, he was just out there all by himself and. Then on the pack out, I was dumb enough because I shot him closer to the, the trail that I hiked in. And I called my brother, called my dad, told him. 
and I was texting my dad on my inReach, and I was like, hey, I, I think I'm just going to try and pack the whole thing out. It doesn't seem too bad. And uh, that was like the worst idea ever. I took a tumble down that hill. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, I took a, a big tumble down the hill. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to at least get to where it gets flat and drop half this meat and hike out. And I went an opposite, like the opposite way of the way I came in, thinking it'd be a shortcut. And I got into like a beaver dam. Yeah. And it was up to my waist where I was trying to go across. And I was like, man, this is the worst decision of my life. And it's like starting to get dark, freezing cold at that point. And I was like, this is really not that good of an idea right now. Yeah. So I dumped, I dumped half the meat and just hauled tail to the truck, got in the truck, turned the heater on and stayed there the rest of the night. Yeah. <laughs> when I woke up, I didn't even put the deer in the cooler. It was so cold that the meat was frozen in the bed of my truck. Damn. Yeah, it was cold. That's crazy. Was it- so that's a good that's a good learning experience for me. Like, don't push it too hard and don't be dumb about it. Because if I would have had you know ten more miles to hike out, that could have been a real bad decision. Yeah, I know. I feel like I was talking to your brother a little bit. Like, um, I don't know, just how like every trip you sort of like learn things. And I was talking to just about say I was t- talking to him about like safety, like like my last scouting trip. I was like pushing myself and trying to hurry out of an area, and like be- before I knew it, I was like going down this avalanche chute and like scaling rocks and like being stupid, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, I'm not on a trail, and you know what I mean. If you hurt yourself, you're back there yeah, by yourself, and you're screwed. It's just kind of a reminder, like yeah, like that I trip. It's just a learning experience. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. It's all learning experience. And then the biggest thing is like when you do kill something, you're in such a rush, you know, just slow down, take your time, enjoy it. Yeah. Don't be in a, that was my problem. Like I was in a hurry to go. What I wanted to do, honestly, was get down and have a beer at the truck. So I was like, okay, I'm going to take this thing in one, you know, one pack out and just hike and hike and hike. And then I'll go up for my camp tomorrow. It would have been just as easy to take half the weight and had a nice hike out and enjoyed it and then went back up early in the morning, got the other half of it out, and then went and got my camp. Yeah. You know, there's no rush. It's not worth killing yourself on the mountain. Yeah. I know. <laughs> I know. It, it's funny, like, when you when you get the animal down, like, I can't remember who I was talking to now, but it's like, you, yeah, you just rush. You just rush it and, like, it's like you just you get in like work mode, and, yeah, and you just want to like get the job done. Yeah, it's just like that. I don't know that work. Like I said, it's just kind of like it's almost like you're at work and you have a job to do, and it's you don't really think about like taking time to like take pictures or like think clearly about what's like what's the best you know idea of like taking the meat out, like you were saying, or yeah, like, and shortcuts. From my experience, they never work out. Yeah, no, dude. Just go, just go the way you know you came in, and you know it's fine. <laughs> yep. And like the biggest thing that I've always seen, even from guiding, the, the number one problem is when you're cutting up an animal. Everybody's in such a rush. Like all my hunters, I finally told all my hunters pretty much that just let me do it. You guys can watch or hold a leg but let me cut the animal up because people start flipping knives around, you know, and aren't watching where other people's fingers are and it gets straight up dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Especially with a lot of these knives that they have now. (laughs) Oh yeah. They're they're so sharp. Freaking razor blades. Yeah. So yeah, it's always better. Always better to just take it slow. 
Yeah, for sure. Hell yeah. I, I know I'm not very good at that, but that's one of the things I need to work on this year. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so you guys so are, saw, what's, what's that? that? I saw you had been up within the last couple of weeks. Didn't I see that? Yeah, uh, not the not last weekend, the 4th, but the weekend before I went up. I just went solo and checked out a new area. Uh-huh. I was just looking at a new area on on it on on X and Google Earth and stuff and I just I don't know. It's like I find an area that look that I think looks good and then I just have to go check it out. So Yeah. That's <laughs> a good problem to have though. Yeah, yeah, I just I don't know. It was all right. I I I had been in that general area before, but that was like before uh-huh. I started hunting, so I didn't really have like deer on my mind when I was up there. So like I wanted to go check it out again and I, I went a little bit further this time and like there was this one I don't know, dude. It was another learning experience for me. I need to do better, like better e-scouting because I went up there, like this peak I was on was like above 9,000 feet of elevation and it was just super windy, which that's pretty normal for that elevation or whatever. But like I got over to glass this basin and I didn't realize that it was like like a popular hiking trail goes right through the middle of it, dude. And I'm like, what am I doing, dude? Like, there's know. no deer right here. Yeah, all mad at yourself. Yeah, I was like, dude. I mean, it was still like a cool view. It was more of like a trip to get like the lay of the land, anyways. But yeah, it I was beautiful up there by all the pictures you took. Yeah, yeah, and some of them I was like, try not to post too many, just in case it like gave the yeah. spot away. Not that not that I saw much, anyways. But <laughs> yep. But I it, think that's how it is everywhere up there, though, because there's quite a few places that I've looked at and I know people have gone and all those big popular hiking trails, they all meet up in an area like that. Yeah. It's, and it's one of those things where I'm like torn on going back in there once it's, you know, late in the season when nobody's hiking or just hitting just off that area where the deer might be tucked away, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of what I, I try to do is like find I. I well, I try to look a little harder on e-scouting and like find those trails and then like just go, like you said, like in between the trails somewhere where I think maybe the, maybe the deer might be sort of, you know, more likely to be, but yeah. Um, yeah. So by the time I, like we were talking about earlier, like by the time I, you know, got up there Saturday morning at sunrise and started hiking by the time I got up to that spot like that spot was probably eight miles in or something uh-huh and i had already i dropped my camp at like five or six miles in at a at this little kind of remote campground and then um so yeah by the time i got up there you know i had like the evening to glass and it was so windy and it, it was so windy i could barely breathe because it was just blowing right into my face and i like i my binos were just shaking all over the place. I couldn't really see. And then I saw a few hikers hiking by and stuff. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. The, the wind is, the wind is brutal. That's the worst thing about being up in the high country. Yeah. And then, and then that's what that wind is what sort of like, you know, I couldn't really see through my binos anyways at that point. Yeah. Know? Cause I usually try to like not touch my tripod at all. Yeah. Once the wind blows every little bit of movement, they're just going crazy. Yeah, and then, yeah, so I just, I ended up glassing there for, I don't know, an hour and a half or maybe a little longer than that, and then I just, the wind pretty much kicked me off the mountain. The wind was getting worse, and so I just 
I picked up and went back down and then that's when I kind of got in a hurry to get off the mountain because I was, or, or just to get down on the other side of that, that ridge on the, on the, the less windy side, uh-huh. um, back towards camp. And I was going to just kind of finish the evening over there and I, I got in a hurry and I just started like running down, not running, but like hurrying down this, what ended up being like an avalanche shoot. And I thought it looked like, <laughs> I, I thought it looked like I could. You know, it kind of got like lush and green at the bottom and I thought I could just walk through it, but it was so tall by the time I actually got down there that I had to like scale rocks to get down. And yeah. like, then I like tripped over a rock and the rock rolled and then I landed right back on that same rock again. And oh. I was like, dude, I'm going to freaking roll my ankle and break my ankle and no one's going to find me back here. Yeah. And then you're screwed up there. Yeah. So like, even though like I didn't see much for animals, it was still like. You know, I just still try to take it as a learning experience and like a reminder to not rush yourself and like just prepare a little bit better. And, you know, yeah, every time you're out there, it's a, you know, good learning experience. Like my first trip in this year, I went to my real high country spot up there and I ran into a couple people that were hikers until I got off the trail. Hadn't seen a single animal. Yeah. And, you know, then I finally walked into a spot where I'd been looking on Onyx where I wanted to set trail cameras and there's huge bear tracks and huge buck tracks. I'm like, okay, this isn't a wasted trip. Even though I didn't see what I wanted to see, at least I can tell that they're up here right now. You know, yeah. yep. it's worth it. It's worth it in the end. Yeah, exactly. That's, and that's exactly how my trip ended up. But like, I was on my way out the next day, kind of bummed out. Like, I, I found like a north, western facing slope the next morning that i checked out uh-huh and um just because there's more shade and stuff so i was trying to check that side out but i I didn't all i saw was a coyote over there i didn't see anything over there i mean there's there's tracks but then on the way out i saw i came across quite a few big buck tracks just on the main trail that i walked back um you know the main trail i walked back in on or whatever yeah. Um, so I ended up setting a camera in there. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was good. I didn't like it. Like you said, I didn't see what I wanted to see, but I saw enough to where I don't think it was a wasted trip. Yeah. <laughs> and the biggest thing is you're not going to find them from the couch either. So yeah, no, exactly. Every, every trip out is a good experience. Yep. Even if it's not a good spot, at least you know, it's one that you can check off the list yep. and say, you know, I'm not going back in there. That's off, you know, now go to the next one. Exactly. That's what I like to do. Hell yeah. But Like I have a spot from 2018 because that was like my 2017 was my first year back here with the tag. And we grew up, you know, truck hunting and camping, you know, with my dad and our buddies and everything. Yeah. So that's, that's what I did in 2017. Didn't kill anything. And then 2018, I was like, all right, I'm dedicating all my time to hunting here again. Like, I want to kill something here. I've never killed a deer in California. Okay. And uh, I I scouted and hiked and everything, set up tons of trail cameras, patterned them. I would even come home after scouting trips and get out my pen and paper and jot down what time they're walking past a certain camera and, like, map it out on a piece of paper. Oh, yeah. To, to kind of see where all these deer are funneling through. Yeah. finally, I pinned it down to one pinch point. So I set up my blind there and I took a week off and I was after two big bucks that went by the trail camera all the time. Well, of course, during hunting season, they stopped coming by. They would skirt behind me on the ridge and the small ones would come in front of me. 
Yeah. But long story short, just putting in the time like that, I got one of the smaller ones that walked in front of me after like four or five days of sitting in the blind, shot him. And then I went back up opening morning a rifle to the same exact spot. My dad killed a buck there. And then uh, I was going to go back in the last weekend when we got a rainstorm and I was going to sleep in the blind and try and catch those deer right at the last minute before it got dark, you know, and shoot them. Yeah. But then I was, it started to rain. It was all fogged in, real soft in up top there when I showed up. So I was just cruising roads (laughs) and uh, driving around, hanging out. Yeah. Right, right when the rain stopped a buck, I looked down one of the hills right there on the logging roads. Buck was standing there, tiny little fork and horn. And I was like, man, do I want to shoot this thing or do I want to go in there and try and kill the big buck? He stood there long enough. I finally jumped out of the truck, snuck down the hill a ways and shot him. So okay. I never made it. I, I never made it back into my blind, but at least I moral of the story was I put in enough time to fill both those tags that year. Hell yeah. Is that, is that, that was 2018? Yeah, 2018. Okay. And then last year, my only tag, I had a D3 through 5 tag, but I didn't hunt. I just had that X zone tag and I filled that one. Right on. Yeah, that looks like that 2018 one you, you got with your with your bow, huh? Yeah, that was with my bow. Nice. If I would, if I would have had a rifle, the big ones that I was after, they would have been done opening day. Yeah. I had them at, I think it was 85 yards along the ridge, and they were just slowly walking through but they saw me and i wasn't gonna take that shot yeah yeah hell yeah dude yeah it's it's addicting once you start setting up camera do you set cameras much not much i need to do it more um i only have a couple yeah but it's addicting yeah i know i know i've been like just seeing like uh yeah everyone's been putting tons of cameras out and like i keep seeing people post pictures and stuff of what they're seeing and yeah, I want to start getting into those, uh, like those remote cameras that send you a text message with what's walking by. Oh yeah, those are sweet. <laughs> this is freaking sweet, man. I mean, they're obviously expensive, but dude, it saves you tons of money and gas of going and checking those things. Oh yeah, I think. Well, I mean, in that high country, you might be able to get service up there. I think most of those they run off uh, cell towers, I believe. Yeah. I'm pretty sure, but I guarantee up high in some of these places, you can probably get enough service to have them work. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet to have a couple of those and have them just come into your phone every day. Yeah, that'd be pretty nice. On top of that, you don't have to go beat up the area, you know, stomping through where you might be hunting. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think about that. I was just thinking of convenience, but yeah, that's probably, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I try and go in. I don't go in like every weekend to my trail cameras. My ones up high, they've been going for about a month. I probably won't check them for another week or two. Yeah. And then my other spots, I know some people, they go in every weekend and just beat the brush trying to get in there. And it's not even worth it. Just let them soak. Let them do their thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I don't have. I guess it probably depends on how many you have and how many you need to check and stuff, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the, I mean, what is your experience? I mean, do you go like back in like the week, the weekend before the season starts or do you try to give it more time before, or do you go like a, a couple weeks or a few weeks before the season starts? That way you're not like running through there right before the season starts checking things. Normally I go in two weeks before or sometimes I'll go in the week before 
just yeah. to at least pull cameras, not stay in there long, just yank the cards and get out. Yeah. And then if I if I go somewhere that I'm setting up a blind, I'll set that up two weeks before. Like that spot in 2018, I took a ground blind in there and I set it up because there was no good tree to be in. And on the ground, like the thermals where I was at this pinch point on top of the ridge, the thermals would have killed me every day. So I used a blind to kind of break up my scent a little bit. Okay. So besides that, that's the biggest thing. I think if you're using a blind or anything like that, tree stand, go in two weeks before, let them get used to it. But don't, you know, in my opinion, I don't really go into an area too, too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, good point. I'm sure there's people that are way better at this than me with trail cameras. I know some guys out in Utah run like hundred trail cameras a year. Yeah. But so this is just my my small opinion. Yeah, no, yeah. No, it's everybody's everybody's got their own system or whatever. Yeah. Um Yeah, that's gotta get expensive, huh? Like hundreds of cameras. Yeah, the thing that I do is I go on a shoot, what's it called? Camo fire? Yeah, yeah. And every Tuesday they do that trail cam Tuesday thing. And oh, you can it? get Yeah, it's every Tuesday. Okay. I think it's called Cam. Yeah, it's Camo Fire. Um, And yeah, every Tuesday you can pick up trail cameras for cheap. Like I got some of those DS4K cameras where they record for literally like half off this year. Oh, okay. So you can get, they come in like packs of two, three, and four. Yeah. And that's the place I buy them. And we run all stealth cam. Okay. We found that's the best. I know a lot of guys run those wild game innovations, I think. Yeah, that's what I have. And yeah, and they say they do pretty darn good. And they're yeah. a lot more reasonable than stealth cam is, that's for sure. Yeah, I haven't had any issues with mine, but um, like I said, I haven't really dug into it too much. Uh-huh. But I'm actually pretty pretty new to the big game stuff. Like, I just was talking to your brother, too. Like, I, um, my background is kind of more like waterfowl hunting. I started, like, my early 20s or... Yeah, early to mid twenties or something. Uh huh. Um, but yeah, I've only I've only been deer hunting for four years, so. Oh really? Yeah, so I'm pretty, pretty much a rookie. Yeah. <laughs> hey, got to start sometime. Yeah, no, dude. I just I don't know. I feel like I'm just as obsessed with it now as freaking anybody else I talk to. So whatever. Yeah, you're putting in the work. Yeah, it's it's a blast, dude. I, well, because I I grew up like camping up there in the high Sierras and stuff, and um. Um, like, you know, back or like camping and backpacking and like up in those, up in those, all those remote lakes. And like, so it's kind of like a full circle. It, it feels right to be up there, you know? So it's just, yeah, I don't know. I love it, dude. Yeah, that's good. That's cool. Cause even like us, when we were younger, we weren't really, I mean, we would be hunting all the time. It's what we lived for, but we weren't like hardcore backpackers or anything. Yeah. We grew up road hunting, you know, hanging out. And my dad probably did it just so we didn't lose interest, you know. And yep. we'd kill here and there. All I really killed were all those does back when we had those youth tags. And then I killed a bear when I was in high school. And it, was, it wasn't like we were putting stuff down all the time, you know. Yeah. So everybody starts a different way. And we just started getting into backpack hunting about four years ago, four or five years ago. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of just gotten a little bit more popular over the past few years, huh? Yeah. But I see a lot more people starting to do it now. Yeah, and I think it's I don't know. I think it's good. I mean, it it's just 
I don't know. To me, it's like a sort of motivational. It sort of pushes you to work harder and stuff. And yeah, um, you know, I think in the long run, like some people will probably do it because whatever the cool thing to do. But you know, it still takes a ton of work. So once you know, some people, it's probably not going to be for everybody. They might think they yeah. like it until they start doing it and realize how hard it is. And and they're doing it for the gram. Yeah. So some people probably aren't actually like, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a lot of work it's i mean sometimes it's not that fun yeah and i don't think you have to do it to be successful or anything but no. i know but i think maybe maybe your opportunities are a little bit better because i don't know man i like the first year i got introduced to it i was doing more of like the road hunting thing uh-huh um and i don't know like i just saw people like high racking it and driving around in trucks with guns hanging out their windows and sitting up on big chairs in the beds of trucks and stuff. And I was like, see, this not, that does not like seem, that's not my thing. Yeah. It's like they're on a safari in like, uh, in Texas or something driving yeah. around in those trucks. <laughs> yeah. Or Mexico or something. I, I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. I know that, and not that there's like necessarily anything wrong with it as long as they're doing everything legal. I mean, I don't care. Yeah. It's just, for me, it just didn't, it didn't, uh, attract me to it you know yeah but everybody has their own thing i like doing it all yeah yeah i, and I think it's all a blast yeah and and i'm not yeah i'm not gonna act like i only backpack hunt or something like i yeah you know there's times when i like i feel like i hit you know every year it seems like i hit a dead end and i can't i'm not getting the results i want and i end up in the truck and <laughs> driving around yep. and like you know oh yeah there's plenty of times where we'll go up or even if it's after season for like a bear hunt where we'll go up just to relax, set up camp, have a couple beers, have dinner, you know, and go out for a day hunt. Yep. Yeah. It's all of it's fun. It's just, I, I like going into the backcountry more because I really don't, I'm pretty, how do you say it? Not antisocial, but I don't like that many people. Yeah. So I kind of like doing my own thing and going up by myself, doing it solo. So most of my hunting is pretty much all solo. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I might end up doing a little bit more of that. I don't know. I just feel like it's, you know, when you're when you're the only one making decisions, you're not worried about anybody else's opinion. You just do, yep. do what you feel like. Because there's been times when, you know, you're hunting with a buddy and, like, you want to do one thing, and then he's like, oh, I kind of want to go do this. And then you just end up, like, it almost you holds back you back. because Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. I like, if I'm truck hunting, I love being around other people. But if I'm going up in the mountains, I really like being by myself. Just because, yeah. like you said, you can, you wake up at the time that you want to wake up. You walk to the hill that you want to walk to. You know, you don't do anything for anybody else. It's all for you. Yep. And not saying I don't like helping other people. You know, if somebody has something down or whatever it may be, I'm fair game. I'm going to go help them out, you know, drag it out or after I'm tagged out, I'll go help somebody kill something. But when yeah. I'm hunting, I like to hunt for myself. Yep. Yep. I'm the same way. <laughs> but yeah, I want to push a little bit harder for, I think a bear this, I mean, hopefully I can fill my deer tags, but like after deer season's over, I, I want to push until the end of the year and try to fill a bear tag too. Yeah. I feel like, I, I, I don't know. I feel like if you push hard enough for bear here in California, it's not, it, it, I don't, I don't know. I know. It's... I, hon I honestly think if somebody hunted hard enough just for bear, they'd be more successful doing that than they would be for deer. 
every I, year. I I hundred percent agree with that, dude. I just I, I see I see more bears than bucks every year. Yeah. And there's there's so many. Yeah. And they're just even, and they're just they're not hiding as much. You know, like deer's number one priority in life is to not get killed. But bears yeah. bears mentality aren't the same way. They just roam around all day and, and like it's just easier to find them. Exactly. I, I want to put a lot of time into that too, even if it's just after season. If we get some weather, that'd really be the time to go find a big bear. Yep. Yeah. After after deer season, you know, go in there and try and kill a bear. Hell yeah. I know my brother wants to kill one with a bow, but I kind of want to go for one with a rifle, longer range. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd be fine either way. Yeah. I mean, I'd feel a little bit more comfortable with the rifle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know what time the, like, I remember early in the season last year, there was tons of berries and we were seeing bears everywhere and like, you know, bear scat everywhere full of berries and stuff. And like, yeah. Do you know what time of the year? I, I remember going back up and looking for bear and I think a lot of the berries were gone and I can't remember I think, what time of year it was. I'm pretty sure where uh, I took my dad in 2018 to where I had my ground blind. There's a berry patch right in through there. And I, I'm pretty positive the first week in a rifle, they were already picked clean. Yeah. 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 And I think that was the case when we went, I think the, once it, once we, once it got into rifle and that weather hit and stuff. And then I think, I think the berries were kind of, like you said, wiped clean there. And it was harder to sort sort of narrow down where where I thought that they would be because yeah they just roam so much yeah they never stop they just cruise and you'll never catch up to them yeah <laughs> yeah I know I I think it was your brother somebody was just talking to me about like they were chasing a bear from like one ridge and then they would run to the next ridge to try to catch up with them and then they would glass over and they would be already on the next ridge over and they were just cruising just like oh yeah it was probably probably them last weekend oh maybe that's what it was yeah i can't remember now yeah they move so quick they don't look like it when you're watching them but they're moving yeah i think the thing to do if you really wanted a bear is find one of those big berry patches and sit there during archery yep when it's nice and hot during the day and they're coming in for a snack. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. I don't know. Maybe I'll try it. <laughs> if not, we'll have to get together and do a, a late season bear hunt. Yeah, dude, I'm down. Um, yeah, we were, me and Travis were talking about that too. How like, um, I think with his work, what was he saying? He's he can't really rifle hunt. He he maybe gets a last week in a rifle season. Yeah, yeah. But that's about it. Yeah, I think he was saying like after November or something, after walnuts or something, he he would have yeah. time to go for a bear. So yeah, maybe we'll all be on the same page looking for a bear at the end of the year. We should. Yeah, that that'd be a fun one. I'd be down for that. Yeah, and even if even if uh my tag is filled or whatever, I'd be down to go with you guys to to help or whatever would be fun yeah same here same here hell yeah dude i've been getting into the whole rifle hunting thing now i still archery is still my favorite but last year i built rifle a long range rifle and then this year i'm building another one so it's kind of been the kick i've been on lately yeah oh yeah so that's kind of that. what i'm aiming towards yep how are you liking that what is it a christensen arms 
Yeah, I actually sold that one. I got rid of that. Um, oh, really? Sold it to a buddy, and I'm building a new one right now. Um, it's a 28 Nosler, just like my last one. Leopold uh, 4 to 20 by 52 scope on a Nosler um, M48 long range carbon. It's like a just a Nosler action, um, uh, carbon fiber manor stock, and a Trigger Tech trigger in it. Oh, okay. So Super lightweight. Yeah, I was gonna say. Sounds long light. range. Yeah, long range little plinker there. Nice. Yeah, I I'm not too good at shooting long range, but I need to get a lot better at it. It's I think it's a blast. I've never you know been too big into guns, but since I got into these kind of rifles, it's so much fun. Yeah, yeah. I want to. I need to dig into it a little bit more too. I. Yeah, I mean, I just. I just have a Rem- Remington 700, 270. The, those are short. hard to beat. Yeah, it's like, especially for the price. I mean, I got it from my wife's uncle. He won it at a raffle and, like, sold it to me for 300 bucks. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, dude, he shot it three times, dude. It, so I just, uh, just to make sure it worked, like, cycled or whatever. And then, like, um, yeah, I just threw a loophole scope on it and and it works fine. I mean, I, I don't. I haven't gotten just I haven't been shooting like long range or anything really, but uh-huh. you know, just practicing three or four hundred yards or whatever and Oh yeah, those are perfect guns. Those Remington seven hundreds are hard to beat. And a two seventy they shoot pretty darn flat. Yeah, and it's a Winchester short mag and I don't know what the ballistic difference is or whatever. Like I've heard people say that it doesn't make a, a huge difference, the Winchester short mag, but I don't know. Oh, oh it's a two seventy short? Yeah. Yeah, those things are pretty hopped up. I yeah. think they shoot a lot flatter than a two seventy. Yeah, I think I think it's at least definitely flatter. I don't know how much of a difference it is, but like I said, I don't know the the ballistic difference or whatever, but I like yeah. it. <laughs> I've only so up to this point only having four seasons under my belt, I've only shot in one buck. And I was within tw- 20 yards of it, so that wasn't a very difficult <laughs> shot. <laughs> That's how it always seems to work out. Yeah. I was I was talking to my dad about that. I feel like I'm going to build this rifle, be walking into the woods, and I'm going to shoot a buck at 100 yards. Yeah, dude. It's, <laughs> exactly. It's going to be like, why did I put all this time and money into this? Yeah, dude. But it's fun. Yeah, for me, it was like that buck was so close. Like, I couldn't <laughs> even, you know, you look through the scope and you can't even see anything. Dude, it's like, uh, you just pull the yeah. trigger. What's the head or what's the butt? Yeah, it was just all I saw was like fur. <laughs> That's know. funny. Yeah. Where'd you get that one at? In California? Yeah, it was my second season, like in 2017. I okay. shot, it was an X-Zone buck. Okay. Just a two by three. I mean, it was like a two and a half year old buck, but it was a muley, uh-huh. so it was good size. Hey, better than tag soup. Yeah, definitely. Meat in the freezer. Yeah, that no, was perfect experience for me. I'm I'm addicted, dude. Like, you know, up to up to that point, like I hadn't seen any big animals down. So like, I just my experience was watching YouTube videos on how to like gut an animal and <laughs> cut it up and <laughs> deal with the meat, dude. And so it was like it was cool. It was a good experience, and I yeah, I, I loved it. That's a good thing about YouTube and all that these days. You can literally find anything and everything on there. If you want to start hunting and you don't know how to cut something up, you can learn how to do it. If you want to start backpacking and backpack hunt, you can learn how to do it on there too. Yeah. Like yeah, and that's kind of... Everything is on there for people. 
yeah, and that's kind of like one of one of like the one of the reasons I want to start this podcast is like you know like just to show like new people or people that are interested in getting into it that you know you can just watch YouTube. Not that not that you should just go off of YouTube. Obviously, being yeah. in the field and learning in the field is way more. You know, you learn way more, but yep. you can get started by just doing research and not. Yeah, you don't necessarily need a a mentor. No. But no, not really. I think a lot of people are just scared to jump into it, which I, I guarantee I would be too, not knowing, you know, what exactly to do, where to go. Yeah, it's a lot of it, research and figuring yeah. out. The thing that really probably helped people get in right now is they were doing all the uh the hunter's ed online for a while. Yeah, yeah. So if people were, you know, scared to go sit in a classroom or if somebody, you know, wanted to get their wife into it, but they didn't want to go take the class, at least they could do it online. Yep. You know, get that out of the way, then they can go out hunting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, it's fun, man. I haven't, it's the most rewarding thing I've done is, I think I was talking to your brother a little bit about it, but like, uh, you know, I used to do a lot of like whatever snowboarding and motocross and stuff like that and like there's like the rush and the thrill of doing all that stuff but yeah to me there's nothing there's nothing like being that close to an animal like your heart's like beating out of your chest and oh yeah it's so much fun even the hunts that suck where you're like hiking out i've said it numerous times where i'm like screw this why am i even doing this you know going this far in and packing this much weight like this is not fun why am i doing it and then the next morning you wake up and you're like yeah, I kind of want to do it again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you push yourself so hard that it makes you tougher in like every aspect of life. Isn't that funny? Like how it's true, dude. It's like when you like the, the harder things in life are like what you appreciate and learn from the most. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yep. Like even me last year with that, that buck that I got, I guarantee if I, drove out to Colorado and shot a 180 inch buck right off the main road, I wouldn't be as proud of it. You yeah. Know? After you put in all the time, hard work, that's what really makes the memories. Yeah, for sure. It's not about the size or any of that. It's all about what you go through. Yeah. 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 That reminds me of, uh, that interview I did with Steve. I don't know if you listened to it or not, but yeah, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. He did. Uh, yeah. I think just talking to him, it seemed like his most memorable um, buck of his season was the California one, even though it wasn't, I think his biggest one was Wyoming or something, but yeah, but it was just a, it was a much easier hunt, you know? So like that, the one in Cali was like the hardest one. And like it, for him, it was, it sounded like it was like the most rewarding and, and stuff. So it's kind of yeah. like what you were saying. Yeah. People don't, I don't think people really understand it you know people and no nothing against them people that are like for doing the more road hunting and all that if they haven't been on a backcountry hunt they don't really understand what it's like waking up and seeing all those views it's just it's the whole experience not just being hiking back there killing something and packing out all this weight yeah yep it's pretty it's hard to be waking up in the backcountry you know with a nice sunrise and nobody else around and just quiet, peace and quiet. Yeah, yeah. Well, and just like the difficulty, like I said, like when the difficulty level is higher, it's like those, and like 
even like the frustration level and everything when it's like the shittier the, the shittier it is like the more of like a cool story it is later you know what i mean oh yeah <laughs> like, yep like my like my my buck dude it was like i shot it and you know like it, you get into work mode and you start like doing all the work to get it out of there and then you get back to camp and then like for me like a storm came in and it was like blizzard conditions basically almost well not blizzard but like it was it snowed like eight inches that night and like it was like the the carcass was like swaying back and forth on the tree while i was trying to trying to um you know finish up finish up the deer in like yeah dude the freaking rope broke from the from the from the wind blowing dude so and then it fell on the ground and then i cut myself and like just everything went Dude, a bear was trying to come in on us. And your hands were probably freezing cold from the yeah. snow. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, so, like, it was dark, and we kept thinking there was a bear coming in. And so my buddy had, like, a handgun and a spotlight while <laughs> while I was uh, cutting up the deer. And then, like, the next morning, once we got it hung back up, like, the next morning there was bear tracks all over the place in our campground. Really? So, like, I think the bear was there the whole time. We never saw it, but we, like, had, like, a sixth sense that it was there. So it was, like, I don't know. You know, like, all those all those memories that made it, all those things that made it a tough experience made it, like, that much better. Oh, yeah. You yeah. don't think it is at the time. You think it's terrible. And then yeah. once that time goes by, it just, it makes it that much better. Hell, yeah. Yeah. Even just scouting and stuff. Like, it gets to be a drag where you don't really want to hike in and check all those trail cameras all the time. Yeah. But if, if you put in the work, it pays off and then it just makes the whole year and experience that much, you know, that much better. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Like, yeah. Even those, like you said, even those scouting trips, like last weekend or whatever, two weekends ago. Um, yeah. There was multiple times where I'm like, dude, what am I doing, man? Like there's no, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see shit. And like, this is a pain in the ass. I, yeah. could, I could be home. Like, I don't know, doing something else, you know, or whatever, but it's like, I don't know, like after the weekend goes by or even the next morning or whatever, like you wake up and you feel good about it. And yeah, it was a lot of work, but you know, that's how it is for me. Like I haven't even seen a buck yet this year on my scouting trips and some of my buddies, you know, we all rag on each other. Yeah. They're like, what are you, what are you even doing? You haven't even seen a buck. Like, why don't you just road hunt again? And yeah. I'm like, you know what? Screw you. Because Dude. now you're, you're pushing me harder to go do it more. Dude, exactly. Huh? It's so funny that you say that. Like we have a group of friends that, oh, they always give me shit. Like, cause I, like I've had a dry spell for the last couple of years and like I'll go scouting and I don't, and I won't, if I don't see anything, they're like, dude, they give me shit like every day, dude. Like they just sent me, me and my wife <laughs> yeah. pictures yesterday of like this hunter with the shotgun posing with his, with the cat and like a bunch of squash lined up on the, <laughs> on the ground or something. And they're like, they're like, oh, here's Sean hunting, <laughs> like not getting shit. It's like, dude, screw you guys, man. Yeah. Like, like you said, it just pushes you harder though. And oh yeah, it's all in good fun. I mean, you have to have those buddies like you don't i i don't like the people that do it to random people online but i like when my buddies jab me for hunting stuff it just motivates me yep and then when you do kill you can just rub it in their face for a year yeah and then until when they, it starts all back over again and and then when they want some meat you can be like nope i, yeah. I, was, I was a shitty hunter remember so. <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yep. I, was, 
telling my wife when we were getting those texts this morning, I'm like, you, you realize this is just going to make me be hunting more, right? Like I'm not going to be <laughs> home very much at all this season, so you better get used to it because now I have a point yep. to prove. Exactly. <laughs> That's the way it should be. That's what friends are for, right? Yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Are you hunting uh, A-Zone? Uh, yeah, I I don't know, dude. I I want I need to. I I need to, I I haven't I don't really I don't really have like a drive to want to hunt a zone, honestly. Yeah. I I don't really like part of hunting in the Sierras is just the view and the the weather and like the mountain air and like it's just the whole experience. So like a zone doesn't attract me at all. Yeah. But I feel like if I want to be successful, <laughs> maybe I should increase my chances and go hunting more. So, yeah, I always think about that too. Like I was listening to the podcast you and my brother did, and I'm with you on the whole rattlesnake thing. Yeah, dude. That's like, that is my biggest fear in life. And I really don't care to go out to a zone and deal with that. I know. I don't either. I just, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it'd be a good idea because it just extends your season. So we probably all should be doing that, but. Yeah, and I think I will. I'm not going to next weekend just because I have plans, but I probably will. I, I honestly have no idea where to go, dude. I haven't even put any effort into scouting a zone at all. But yeah, I'll probably start looking into it this next week and yeah, and try <laughs> to somewhere. Yeah, I'll probably try to go. I guess I don't put a put a dot on the map and start there. Yeah, I. I yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I I, feel, I don't know. I feel unprepared. Like I should have probably done more homework sooner you know the season starts next weekend but i just like i said i haven't really had the like the drive to go out there but i pro i'm sort of realizing that i probably should yeah <laughs> you know where we now that i brought up rattlesnakes we saw some um in d5 at about nine thousand feet did you really yeah we killed one oh. can you believe that up that high dude i've never seen any up in the uh -uh. sierras Nope, it was pretty crazy. Well, I, it made me think about it because I was antelope hunting, or my I was with my wife's uncle um, two years ago, antelope hunting in the like eastern Oregon, uh huh, like right above, right above California, I guess. So I guess it's mid midway, mid Oregon, but it's still high desert up there. Yeah, which I guess it's high desert, but. So I guess it makes sense that there's rattlesnakes there, but still just the higher elevation, it just made me feel like, you know, there was some areas where he said when he was a kid, he used to see a bunch of rattlesnakes and I was just looking at it thinking like, man, they're up this high. Like, yeah, I'm just not used to that, I guess. Yeah. You don't think about it. Yeah. I've never, I've never thought about it in D5. I haven't either. Until, until we had that happen and it oh. was like coiled up, ready to strike. Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, babe. Hold on one second. Okay. Can you grab my My phone's about to die. My wife oh. just walked in. I'm like, hey, can you grab my phone charger real quick? <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Hold on one sec. No problem. I can always cut this part out if we have to, but it's yeah. a big deal. Let me just, yeah, I think it'll be all right. Let me plug this thing in. Yeah, I uh, all of a sudden my phone's about to die. I'm like, uh, that, might not, <laughs> that might not be good. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be good at all. <laughs> All good. But yeah, yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. Are you are you planning on doing A zone? Uh I don't think so. Yeah. I kinda want to get as much scouting in in the high country as I can. Cause season's coming so quick. It feels like it was just winter and now season's knocking on the door. 
that's what I'm, that's, I think we seem to have the same mindset. I've been thinking the same thing. I'm like, so do I start putting effort into a zone or do I just like, just focus more and put a little bit more effort into where I like to hunt? Yeah. (laughs) And, you know, and just, uh, increase my chances up there. Maybe, I don't know. Yeah. Cause you start focusing on a zone and then all of a sudden you're not prepared for D zone. And it's like, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to be coming real quick too. So if you spend a lot, like I thought about going to a zone, but then you spend time over there. And like you said, then you're, that's more weekends already checked off the calendar. Yep. And and I'd rather put that time personally into going up to D three through five and have my areas set in stone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm kind of the same way. I like, yeah. Time is so hard to come by these days. Like with, especially with the wife and kids and work and like, yeah, I mean, it's, Time is precious, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I was thinking this winter, too. Um, you know, I've been thinking about it for a couple winters, but I just haven't jumped on it. Is going to A Zone to pig hunt and check out a bunch of public land out there. And then, you know, when you're pig hunting, you can be kind of somewhat scouting for deer season. Yeah. Scouting, yeah. Air, scouting good areas, at least. Yeah, exactly. I need to. I'll probably, I'm pretty much on the same page, dude. I, I I haven't really done the pig hunting thing yet, but um, yeah, going out there, yeah, like hunting, maybe like finishing up bear or whatever before the end of the year, and then right after that, if you're, you know, whether you're doing, because really like December, January, that time of year is really either good for like your, your guys' Arizona thing or like pig hunting or... I guess yeah, exactly. Waterfowl hunting, I guess, but yeah, get out for some pig hunts and look for deer. Yeah, maybe I should do that too. Yeah, and then it, you know, and then it's not a wasted trip. Even if you don't get pigs, you're still out hunting. Yep. Yeah. Hails, yeah. You guys do. You guys, you guys go like do quite a bit of coyote hunting and stuff too, huh? Yeah, I used to a lot. Um, I haven't even gone out this year. Really, my brother and our buddy they kind of they do their own thing for coyotes. I'm normally just hanging out or I'm up shooting with my friends. We go. Do you know Comanche Hills? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the the hunting preserve. Yeah. My one of my really good friends, his family owns that place, so we go and shoot the the archery course there quite a bit. Okay. Like we're going tomorrow after we get off work too, so I spend a lot of time up there. Oh, right on. I'm still working on different fletching combinations for this year. And I yeah. can't can't seem to pick what I want, and I need really? to figure it out real quick. What is your experience with um j- with just going with like the factory fletchings? Uh, so I've only I don't, I, I've only had a bow for a year, so I'm like this past year I just I've been shooting the Eastern Axis like 300 spine just with like the factory fletchings on them and they they've been fine but i i do want to start getting into fletching and stuff more but i um i don't know I, i've been debating on you know like spending the money on the tools and stuff this season or waiting till next season i don't know personally i would go away from it i'm i'm by no means an expert but from my opinion doing it these last couple of years we do four fletch yeah and we were doing straight like just straight fletchings, no, no, uh, twist in them at all. Oh, okay. No helical. Yeah. And this year I started doing helical. Um, but yeah, we've always ran four fletch cause you don't have to have a knock 
a knock fletch that points straight up anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. Once you go to four fletch and it's just more stabilization. It personally, they just seem to fly better. Okay. And you shoot a expandables. No, I am shooting, um, cutthroats. They're through Rocky mountain specialty gear. Okay. There's, there's single bevels. And then I will have some, um, severs in my quiver too. Okay. Just in case, you know, I have those for further shots and when it's in the wind, I'll, I'll definitely be shooting those. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about switching to those. I've heard a lot of good things about them. Uh, They're really good. I've been trying to get away from expandables just to, I'm, I'm a gear nut. I start looking into one thing and I just, you know, freak out about it. Yeah. Get on a kick. So I'm kind of on the single bevel train now. Yeah. So I'm shooting those cutthroats and then I'm going to do iron wheels as well, but I'll probably wait till next season to start playing with those. Okay. It's just, they're so much tougher and you can reshoot them. And then if they do break, you just send them back and they give you a new one. Okay. Yeah. I just, last year I had, I was, I had those, um, those G5 Montex or whatever, but I don't know. They didn't those seem very really, sharp. Really? Yeah, those are good. Those are good heads I've heard, but I don't really? think they are that sharp. I yeah. think you have to do some sharpening on them. Yeah. I don't know. And then, and then I been seeing those, the, have you, have you seen those annihilators? I haven't seen them in person, but I've heard great things. Yeah. I keep hearing good things about them too. I don't know. I, I go through all these ideas in my head and then like, I think of the four fletch and then I think of like a three blade broadhead and I'm like, well, you know, like people usually like to line up their, you know, their blades with their fletchings. And if you have three blades and then you have a four fletch, then it doesn't line up. And I don't know. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I think I'm overthinking well, it. Yeah, I think so. I shot my 2016 Colorado elk with a, uh, they're called Ramcats. Yeah, yeah. They're fixed blade, but they, they have some tip on the end of them where even if you didn't have a blade on there, it would still fly straight, supposedly, or something like that. And yeah. those things, for a fixed blade broadhead, they were great. I mean, I shot my elk at 40 yards quartering to me. And it went through the very back of the shoulder, not the shoulder blade, just the meat, and came out its rear quarter. Oh, wow. Yeah, I mean, and it, that was 40 yards with yeah. a, you know, not that good of a broadhead, in my opinion, for like top of the line, but it did its, did its job at least. Yeah, for sure. So if you were looking at, you know, going with something like that, that'd be a good starter broadhead to at least play with. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see here. <laughs> uh, I just seem to keep getting myself in trouble spending money on stuff. I'm, I feel like I'm just like, you know, just like all you, I don't know, like a lot of us are like gear junkies and I, I am, but I, I'm also on like a budget. Like I'm trying to, yeah. I'm trying to pay off credit cards and we're doing really good. So I'm like trying to focus on that. And then, um, you know, and then with the podcast, I've been spending money on like stuff for that like microphones and recorders and it's like it's cutting into my hunting budget and i was like Damn yeah it. the only reason i'm doing this podcast is because i like hunting right <laughs> now i can't buy hunting stuff damn it that's how i am i'm bad about it yeah i mean i i get on a kick about something and i go all out yeah but it, it's okay for me i need to buy a house next year but 
it's yeah. okay for me. I don't have a girlfriend or any of that. So my life pretty much revolves around hunting. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, cool though. I mean, like, I don't know, as long as there's a good balance, like we, we want to pay these credit cards off so we can put a pool in next year. So like, <laughs> yeah, that's one of our goals. But then I also have all these, all this gear I need to get yeah, or, or want to get. Yeah. Want. So, yeah. It's, it's like I could between... get by just fine with what I have, but <laughs> yeah. There's want and need, and that line gets real small sometimes. You yeah, don't know. You don't know which side dude. you're on. No kidding. I did that at the beginning of the year. I switched all my backpack stuff over to uh, Kafaru. Okay. I went from I had Kuyu, and then I went to XO Mountain Gear, and then I switched over to Kafaru. Yeah. And that was by far the best thing I've ever done. But it's like, man, <laughs> stuff starts getting expensive when you're going all out. Yeah. No kidding, man. Uh, that's funny. And then Kuyu, yeah, and then all the Kuyu guys, like, all of a sudden they have a new a new pattern come out, and it's like, okay, well, we got to have that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I do like that new pattern, that Velo or whatever, like, I th- especially for the, all the A-Zone guys and, like, desert guys. I think it would be a good color, tone, like, pattern for duck hunting, too. Oh, I think it'd be great for all that. I was talking to one of my buddies, and he thought it'd be good for the high country, too, but I don't really see it. I think... Like lowland stuff, desert, and duck hunting, it'd be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I I got my hands on a piece of it a couple weeks ago, and it's it's pretty damn impressive. But I don't think it's for everybody. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Yeah, I think the what do I have the verde or whatever? Like, I think that's good for like the timber and stuff in the Sierras, and then. I think it's broken up with enough lighter colors in it to where it blend in decent with the rocks i mean i think that what's that uh the bias bias is probably a little bit better for the rocks but yeah i switched over when i first because i've been with kuyu since pretty much they started yeah and uh when i was guiding all i had was verde and then i switched over pretty much everything to bias and i love it even like in the snow you'd be amazed at how well it blends in really yeah i think for personally i think it's a the better all-around pattern but everybody seems to like you know something different yeah yeah you get on any of those hunting pages and it's like all out world war three when it comes to <laughs> hunting clothing uh, people are so funny dude yeah it's like man it's hunting clothing calm down oh, dude relax man did you shoot anything yeah. or not yeah <laughs> it's like jeez people go at each other's throat about it well you know what i dude i actually i really like king's camo dude like i like their their patterns are like more realistic looking yeah i like their color tones and stuff like i think they're i mean and the quality is getting better yeah a lot better uh some of my buddies i don't know if you follow them on instagram it's those guys outdoors oh yeah just Uh, i think i just saw them on there yeah cody gold and them they're real good buddies of mine and they all wear that and it's it's pretty darn good stuff yeah i like it that's what i got first just when i first started getting into it i didn't you know i didn't know what to get and i i got that king's stuff and i i like it i still wear it sometimes yeah it's super comfortable i have one top from them and i mean it was from way back in the day and it's super comfy. It's just like a long sleeve, a heavyweight long sleeve. Yeah. Well, you know what yeah, I been... I noticed on their pair of pants. I, I don't know the, you know, I don't know. I'm not as enough of a gear nut to know like the 
type or model numbers of the freaking pants, but the pants, the, like in the pocket, there's like a, like a hard material, like at the bottom V of the pocket. And I noticed like it came in super handy during archery last season. Cause I was able to like pull out my range finder out of my, you know, off the bino harness or whatever and like range. And then I didn't, it's hard to like fumble around and put that thing back in. Like when you're in close proximity of like an animal or something. So like, yeah, I noticed like you could either let it hang or you could like, I noticed you could clip your range finder on that, on that pocket. And it like clips on super nice. I actually kind of like wearing those for archery. Oh really? Yeah. Huh. I don't know. That seems pretty slick. It's like a small detail, but it's just something I noticed last year. I'm like, oh, I kind of like the pockets on these because I can just clip my rangefinder on there with one, with one hand, you know? Yeah. Everything like everything seems to be changing with Kuyu. I love Kuyu, but I like their old style. Do you have any of their attack pants? No, I don't. I I've been like yeah, you need using to get a pair. Really? Yeah, I need to like. I, yeah, I swear they're like yoga pants for men. They're so stretchy. Really? They're the most comfortable. Yeah, they're they're the most comfortable pants ever. Or maybe but I they do. used to. I you might. I have a they're pair. Real, I don't know if they're attack or which ones they are, but they're real lightweight and super stretchy. But they used to have like regular uh, pockets in the front, yep. and now they went to like a pocket with a big seam, and it's kind of in an L shape. Okay, it's hard to explain. Like, um, it's just cut out like an L. It's kind of odd, and I don't like them as much. But besides that, they're perfect for everything. Are those the ones with the knee pads? No, oh, no, those I are think, a little stiffer, huh? Yeah, those are. Shoot, I can't remember. I'm not going to say something when I don't know. Yeah, I can't remember either. I don't have a pair of those, but I hear guys like those in the desert. Yeah, I pretty much have almost everything Kuyu makes besides those. Okay. I have every every tent they make. Um, really? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, I went all out in my in my earlier days. Yeah. How do you like that the one with the stove? I love that thing. Really? It's, uh, yeah. The only bad thing is it's not tall at all, but it's yep. super. It's super light, and it it gets really warm. The only other tent I'd go to besides that is the Kefaru Sawtooth, but it's a little big, so I'd keep my uh, my Kuyu one as a happy medium. Yep. But I've been into some pretty heavy wind and good snow and good rain in that thing, and it's held up good. You can run it with the carbon fiber poles, or you can run it with trekking poles. Yeah, yeah. So it's super versatile, and it, it you can't beat it weight-wise. Okay. Yeah. Actually, yeah, now that you say that, I, I remember looking into that thinking it's pretty, pretty damn light. Do it's you, super light. Do you have the whole, like, floor and, and the, the, the screen and everything? Yeah, the nest and everything. I have all of it, and I never use it. Oh, really? I'll either take Tyvex and lay that on the ground, or I'll use just their ground cloth because it's, I mean, an ounce maybe. And I'll take their ground cloth and I'll use that, but I've never even used the nest. Okay. Yeah, see, I don't know. I'm kind of a wuss. Like, I don't know if I could do the no floor thing. (laughs) That's what everybody says until you try it. A floorless shelter is, I mean, for certain things, it's the only way to go. Yeah. If I'm going to somewhere, I don't know, let's say the high country where there's a bunch of mosquitoes, I'm definitely going to take a different tent or run the nest in it. Okay. But if it's just like regular hunting season and I'm not worried about bugs or if I'm not in the desert worried about snakes, I'm running a floorless. 
or yeah, late yeah. season on snow, I will always run a floorless. Okay. Just because you can, it's so nice being able to have a stove in there. Yeah, I know. When you're yeah. by yourself and you come back at night and you just fire up a stove and you sit there, oh, you can't beat it. That does sound pretty nice. <laughs> it is, especially when you have nobody to talk to. You start making friends with your fire real quick. Dude, I know. Like That's like the one thing that keeps you sane when you're by yourself. Huh? Like, <laughs> yeah. Just stare at the fire. Pre- yeah. Pretend- I'll, download, I'll pre-download podcasts too. So I have something to look forward to at night in the tent. Yeah. Just lay there listening to that. Hell yeah. Yep. Yeah, I can't seem to like get into listening to anything when I'm hiking though. I I don't know. I'm one of those people who like, I always have to hear what's going on around me. I can't like put earplugs in on both ears and like, you know. Oh, I, I, yeah, I can never do that. I know. I I, I can't do it. I like, I see even just on a normal walk in the neighborhood, I can't do that. Like I just, no, I I feel like I need to hear what's coming up behind me. I'm like, the only time I have done that is like when I'm packing something out, I'll play music just to get me through it. Yeah, push on harder. David Goggins or what? Yeah, David Goggins <laughs> or like some heavy metal stuff yeah. or like ACDC, something to pump you up. Yep. Yeah, yeah, David David Goggins does a trick though. It's hard to not be motivated listening to him. Yeah, I was talking to uh, Kyle. Kyle, yeah. He said he when he packed out that one book last season, he he listened to David Goggins the whole way. It was like, yep. yeah. You're not going to give up if you're listening to that. No, <laughs> Kyle's a funny dude. Yeah, he's I cool. Like man. That guy. I like his little his political rants. There's oh yeah, little... <laughs> me, and, <laughs> me and him literally talk every day, all day on Instagram. That's all we do is send that stuff back and forth. Oh uh, really? Yeah. It's oh so yeah. Funny. I laugh at it. I try. I try not to get too <laughs> carried away with political stuff, but yeah, just because I've I don't know I have family on both sides, and I just try. Yeah. To, try to stay in the middle. But, yeah, it's it's hilarious though. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. But so would you? So what's up? What's up? I was gonna say so bears at the top of your list this year or deer? Uh, I think deer's always probably gonna be at the top of the list, but um, but I mean, you know, like if I don't have my bear, I, I'm dead. If I feel both deer tags or or when deer season ends i'm i'm gonna i want to try to keep pushing for bear until the end of the year like i think last year i i started duck hunting and stuff um and without filling my bear tag and not really finishing the year out like strong strong yeah Yeah. and i think this year i'll probably work a little bit harder for a bear it's like i don't know i think it'd be a little bit i haven't gotten a bear yet so it'd be more rewarding yeah like yeah, for, I I want to do that too because it, the season we actually have pretty good seasons in California if you think about it because you can hunt bears all the way till uh, Christmas time if yeah. the quota isn't filled. Yeah, till the end of the year, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's a you can hunt till the very end of the year as long as the quota isn't filled. Yep. Yeah, and since they outlawed using hounds, I don't think it's ever the quota's never been filled since then. I don't think. No, it doesn't even get close. Yeah. So I don't know. So, we yeah. have way t- we have way too many bears and way too many mountain lions. Yeah, man. Luckily, I haven't. I feel like a cat is one of my fears a little bit out there, but <laughs> I haven't seen one. But I'm sure they've seen me, and I just didn't know it. 
I had a real close call in 2018. Did you? Re- oh, yeah, real close. And I have nobody really believed me. And then I have him on trail camera the next day. Oh, man. Walking in the same spot. It was, I was probably 50 yards from my blind, and there was a bunch of buck brush. And it was, shoot, four in the morning. And I was hiking in, saw eyes. And you know how you can tell deer eyes? They just, they look way wider. Yeah. And I looked over and I was like, wait, I did it like a double take on it. I was like, that's not a deer. So I got out my bright, bright headlamp and shined it on it. For sure, it was a cat, and then it disappeared. Well, I walked towards the buck brush because he was off to my left, like straight to my left. So I started walking straight towards my blind, got all the way to that buck brush, and I saw his eyes pop up right in front of me. And I was like, what the, you know, what do I even do? (laughs) It's dark (laughs) out. I can't shoot my bow at it right now. And luckily... (laughs) it turned around and all I saw was its tail and it walked away. Oh man. I've never been such a sissy before. I ran to my blind and just sat there and I waited until it was daylight to go pull my trail camera cards to see if deer were coming in. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm the same way, dude. I, I don't know, man. I'll have I'd... to send you the pictures of him over to you today. Yeah, dude. That'd be cool. I, Yeah. Those things scare the shit out of me, man. I'm not going to lie. Oh, yeah. They, they're so sneaky. Yeah, it's, you just don't know they're there. I mean, with any of the any of the animals that live up there, dude, they're like, you know, they're 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 so quiet, dude, until they're freaking right in front of you. Yeah. Especially a cat. Oh, yeah. Cats, they're just like little ninjas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, dude. My my uncle in in Oregon, he has, he's, he's friends with a bunch of ranchers and stuff up there and like... um. They have problems with the wolves and the and the uh, cats and stuff. And they have on some cameras, like they have, he sent me a picture of like, I think there was 12 or 14 cats in one really? picture, dude. I was like, holy moly. <laughs> they can't hunt them there either, huh? I, you know, I don't, for some reason I want to say you can. Oh, no, maybe they can. Not wool, well. Actually, I don't know about wolves, but... I know wolves they can't. I thought they couldn't for mountain lion, but I, I could be wrong. I think you can. I for, probably am wrong. I think you can for, for mountain lions. I'm not 100% sure, but I I want to say you can if you have okay. a tag, but... I'm not. That's my that's my number one dream hunt right there. Really? Actually, my, no, my number one's probably doll sheep, but my number one obtainable one is mountain lion. Yeah. The only crappy, I would have gone on a hunt already, but the crappy thing is you technically can't bring him back into California mounted from oh, out of state. Right. That's right. Can so, you can you bring the meat back? I, I have no clue, but I would think probably not. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, yeah, I think it's kind of ridiculous that you can go to a state legally hunting one and you can't bring it back here when it's already dead and mounted, you know, to keep as a trophy. Yeah, that's ridiculous. You know, I'd want to be able to, if I'm going to go hunt one, I want to have it on my wall and be able to look at it, you know? Yeah, they're cool-looking animals, man. Yeah. Yeah, that would suck. You just have to leave it at a a buddy that you have out of state, leave it at their house, and go visit <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. go go see it every now and then. Yeah. Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for me, I I. I don't know. I, there's something about like mule deer just to track. Uh, that's one of my f- favorites. And then, uh, 
I, I still want to get out elk hunting. I don't know. I, I need to get into the out of state thing a little bit more, but yeah, just elk yeah. and elk and deer antelope. I actually do want to go on an antelope trip. I'll probably plan on doing something like that next year. Yeah. Those are cool Would just you? cause they're like pretty low key, you know, you're pretty oh, much, yeah. pretty much truck hunting, but yeah, that's but, a, that's a good hunt. Yeah. They're fun. They're just, and the meat is delicious too. Yeah. There's, they're, yeah, they taste delicious. But, uh, the elk thing you got to go with a bow it's life-changing really once you have a once you have a bull screaming in your face yeah uh it's impossible to beat yeah i need to i need to do it man that's what that's pretty much what my life revolved around until i moved back here yeah when you were in colorado yeah Hell yeah. yeah all elk i never even looked at a mule deer really, really? i looked the other way and look at an elk yeah <laughs> And now, now I'm stuck on mule deer again. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, it's all oh. it's all fun, all, all exciting. Yeah. But yeah, start putting in out of state, even if you're not going to go for a couple of years. At least you know, get a little bit of a point stash going. I know. I need. I need to, dude. I, I think didn't Wyoming's point system just open up or something? I think you can. I think Wyoming I, they changed it. I think this year where you can you can just buy a point and it's like a whole different. Yeah. Their system's weird the way it is online though, but yes, you can just buy a point. Yeah. I think it just opened back up for, for the point, whatever. Yeah. It gets expensive though. Once you start putting in, in a bunch of different States. Yep. It's a hefty bill. I know. And that's, that was my, that was kind of my goal this year, but you know, I have to juggle my goals versus <laughs> versus yeah. my whole family's goals and try to prioritize. So I I think I'll put. It's kind of why I put it off till next season because we we are trying to pay those bills off and. You got to keep the wife happy so you can go hunting. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, yeah, and then you know, and with kids, it's like daycare is so expensive, dude. Like, as they get older, like next year we'll we'll be paying for one less kid in daycare, and it, it's a huge difference. It's like one. One kid is like eight hundred dollars a month. That's crazy. So, so like, you know, that's a lot of money, dude. Like, yeah, it is. That frees up a lot of hunting money right there. Yeah. So next year, that'll be something that'll help me out. Yeah, so, that'll be good. Yeah. So, but yeah, dude. Um, yeah, I don't know, dude. Is there anything else you wanted to? I think we kind of covered it all, huh? Yeah, I don't know. I figured seems like everybody I've talked to like uh has been super cool, dude. Like I it'll be cool to like touch base either either during the season in a, little, in a in a little while or after season and and do it again. Yeah, I'd I'd be down for that either mid-season see how see how hard I'm struggling. Yeah. Or a, after season and then if we go on a hunt, maybe we can do like an on the mountain kind of podcast too. Yeah, dude, I, that's that's kind of what I want to do. Like, I got this recorder I have is like, I could just take it with me, which is which is nice. I kind of had that in mind of like taking it on hunts and like having little fire, you know, like sit around the fire and yeah, know. a little fireside chat with a couple beers or something. Yeah, dude, it'd be kind of fun. Yeah, that'd be that'd be cool. Yeah, like what was it last when I a week ago or whatever when I was when I was scouting, I I did like a. I was going to make an episode out of just my solo um, scouting trip. Time, time on the mountain. Yeah, but it was so boring, dude. It was like <laughs> really? I, I recorded it and I like 
I started listening to it just to like see what I'm like, dude, this is boring as hell. But it was just it was because it was me, and I didn't I didn't see shit. I didn't see any animals. I mean, I saw sign and I saw tracks and set up my camera, and there were some there were some good like things to talk about. A yeah, little, but it wasn't like I don't know. It was pretty boring. It's hard to talk or like record yourself and then watch it back. Yeah, it's so yeah awkward. Just just hearing my own voice is weird. Yeah, I did that on a couple hunts. Like when I would actually kill something. I did like a, you know, a little video of it. Yeah. And I'm like, I, yeah, I'm never going to share this with too many people because it just turns out to be a little weird. I know, dude. I, I It's funny. Like I, I think of like some of these guys that have YouTube videos and like they, um, they do like a vlogging style one, like, like Eric Chesser and, you know, like some of those guys, like, yeah, I like them, dude. I watch all those things, dude. But like, I just can't imagine, like, I don't know. I don't know that I could like record myself and talk and like actually like put it out exactly and like when they're walking into places and people are looking at them i feel so weird and uncomfortable like recording myself and knowing people are staring at me i know dude i'm the same way i don't know yeah i i do not like that kind of stuff (laughs) it must be like a personality trait or something like some people care less and some people are like weirded out by it yeah, I'm such an introvert with most things, unless like it's with my really close friends or somebody that I really know. But yeah, being in public with a camera, there's no way. Yeah, I could not do it. Yep. Hell yeah! Have you ever filmed any of your hunts or anything? No, um, I've started getting into photography a little bit. I want to do a lot more of that. Yeah, and same here. me, me and Travis have talked about it. It'd be kind of cool to film some more hunts. Yeah, it's just it's so hard i know i feel like i wouldn't mind getting in like helping even if i you know even if i was like filming other guys like it would be i I thought about like it'd be fun to get into it'd be fun to like like mess around with that kind of stuff and edit videos and like i don't know it would be fun to like because you know it's basically like just telling or keeping like a story of your hunts that you can look back on later and share with your family and stuff if anything else, but, but, um, it takes some real talent for a lot of these guys that do it too, just for like the transitions and the like music that they're playing. They kind of go with like the scenery and the way they're moving the camera. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think there's, I think there's a lot more to it than just like filming. You have to have a very good eye. Yep. Yeah. And just the, you know, the camera gear and all that stuff is expensive. And, And, and I feel like, you know, I feel like I go, I, I get out as much as I can and, and, you know, I've already had two years in a row with the dry spell. So it's like, you know, if, <laughs> if I go like, if I go again and like, don't kill anything, am I really going to want to pick up a camera and film, film someone else, help film someone else's hunt when I haven't even shot anything yet? Like, dude, yeah, I don't know, man. How much, how much more do you want to throw on your shoulders? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That too. Like the weight. And, I don't yeah. Know. So I don't yeah. know. I guess. Yeesh. That's what I would do. I'd focus on killing first and then taking that to your buddies and recording them. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think it's all fun. Yeah. But. It'd be cool to it'd be cool to do like a, a late season bear film, you know, cuz then the pressure is not really as on. Yeah, that's but. true. Yeah, it's not as much pressure, huh? I feel like Yeah. That's the case too. A little more laid back and fun, I guess. I mean, it's all fun, but Yeah. You're not as hyped up you know getting after it yep yeah or like an antelope hunt too 
Because it's like you're yeah. pretty much driving around and messing around until you find them, and then you know and set then up can... the camera and yeah, yeah. But right on, yeah, that would be cool. But yeah, dude. Well, yeah, man, I appreciate you coming on. I, I, uh, yeah, I've been following you guys for a while. You guys always seem positive and seem like you like to get after it. And um, you know, pretty much anybody I have on here is like inspiring in some way or or another. And um, yeah, for me, I just like to follow guys and talk to guys that are positive and guys that work hard and and um, you know, if I feel like it's like might be able to be inspirational for other people listening or or whatever but yeah but thank yeah. you i appreciate it yeah i man. like what i like what you're doing you're going in a real good direction thanks man yeah i'm trying to i don't know i'm just doing it just to learn honestly more than anything else and um like i said earlier like if there's you know new hunters that want to get into it it just i don't know they can listen to guys with experience and learn something and like i said yeah I, you I'm just you trying always to learn, learn too. something. Yeah. There's always something to learn. No nobody knows everything. No. Yeah, and I Yeah, and I, I just I don't know. I try to be super clear about the fact that like I'm not doing a podcast about hunting because I'm an expert at all. Like <laughs> Yeah. I'm not. I just I just enjoy it. And I'm addicted to it and I just like talking hunting and I like to learn from people and um Yeah, it's just what I'm interested in, man. Like I don't know. Yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, I try to try to keep doing this and getting getting better every episode, hopefully. And you know, like like I was telling your brother, like I just picked up a new microphone. You know, it's like there's always like new gear to try to get to improve the quality of the podcast and stuff. Like yeah, you know, people originally like people helped me out. Like oh, you should get this microphone and this recorder and this and that and like use this program to host the site or whatever. And it's like you know, you take advice from multiple people and then like come to find out like the microphone that he suggested doesn't hook up to the recorder that this other guy told me to get. And like, oh. you know, so it's like, I don't know, like the, the pains of like starting something new, like, you know, yeah, that microphone like that. didn't work with this recorder and now I had to get it. And then I used the microphone that came with the recorder and that didn't work very well. And like the sound quality wasn't that good. And I'm yeah. sure it's just like hunting gear. You start out with certain things and then you kind of weed through what does and doesn't work and you end up somewhat at a final version. You know, it's always changing, but yeah. you refine you refine all your gear and go with something bigger, better, lighter, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah, exactly. Probably, probably the same with podcast equipment. Yeah, it is. And it's like, you know, I don't know. It's like I don't want to spend all my money on podcast equipment <laughs> yeah i'd rather spend it on hunting gear but it's like yeah i also like i'm you know i don't know i, I enjoy doing the podcast but like um you know and then part of it too is like talking to like andy with legion like he does uh-huh. every one of his interviews uh in person yeah and i think it's super cool that he does that but like he doesn't you know he's able to do it for a living now among other yep. th- among other things like he does quite a few different things now that provide an income for him but yep he has a great podcast too yeah i love it um but he's been super cool and uh um so yeah it's like i wish i could do all these in person meet meet everybody and <laughs> but it's kind of hard with a full-time job and kids and everything <laughs> it is dude it's just like i was trying to do it at first and and also i'll still try to do it um yeah but it's like you know like 
I didn't have a podcast, an episode last week. And like this week, I'm like, dude, I need to just get some freaking episodes recorded so I have something, yeah. you know, for the next few weeks or, you know, catch up. So when hunting season gets here, I'm not still scrambling trying to get episodes yep. out. And then during the winter, you could even do in person ones, you know, and kind of catch up on that. And- yeah, yeah, exactly. But so, yeah, I don't know. I look forward to meeting all you guys at some point. And, you know, I was, yeah. like I was telling some guys, like, I was hoping to meet some guys at that broadhead shoot and stuff in petaluma this year but that thing got canceled so oh yeah we're doing that one up in tahoe next weekend oh yeah yeah that's what your brother was saying we'll see how good it is yeah it's it's i think it's at homewood i think is yeah that's what it is yeah yeah. i know travis and my dad and all them they're doing a a big group and then i have a big group with my other buddies so oh right we'll see how we'll see how it goes okay well yeah Hey, in the future, if you guys ever do stuff like that, let me know. Yeah, I'll let you know. Yeah, I don't, uh, like I said, I've only been sh- shooting my bow for a year, but I am I love it, dude. I try to shoot at least once or twice a week or, I don't know, more than that if I can. But I I shoot in my garage, like from my, you know, from my sidewalk to the back of my garage is like 20 yards, which isn't yeah. far, but it's like enough to get reps in. And I try to hit the 3D course every once in a while and. It's but, better than nothing, at least to get, you know, your like you said, your form down and repetition. Yeah, yeah. I even sit in the garage sometimes, you know, and just blank bill shoot. Yeah. I that I mean that, that that works wonders too, you know. Yeah, I think just like that whole that whole motion of pulling an arrow off and you know, putting it on the on the bow and shooting, you know, just that whole that whole motion I think is important. Yeah. But um, Yep. But yeah, yeah, definitely. If we uh, if we do any big shoots or anything anymore, I'll let you know. But we got to get together before too too long. Yeah, for sure, dude. I'm down. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Sweet. I don't think I have. I don't really. I only have one buddy that I met last archery season that obviously shoots a bow. But other than that, I don't have any friends that all my, all my friends are duck hunters. <laughs> it's like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I only have like you know one or two buddies that rifle hunt. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, whenever you guys are, do it, let me know. And if I'm ever down, if I ever go shooting, I'll uh, let you know. And I don't know, we'll start talking a little bit more, maybe. Yeah, yeah, we'll figure something out. We'll do a we'll do a bear hunt for sure. Yeah, let's do it, dude. That'll be a that'll be a for sure hunt that we do this year. We'll try and all get out there. Maybe we'll try and get Kyle to come along with us. Yeah, yeah, that'd be cool, dude. It'd be fun to meet him too. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, sounds good. All right, man. Well, yeah, thanks again for coming on, dude. And, uh, yeah, I'll be uh, seeing you around. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me on Instagram at mountain.vision or my personal Instagram page at Blue Collar Harvester. Look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>